You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Did you know that domestic violence is the leading cause of injury in women in the United States? You may not have experienced this yourself or think that you don't have anyone in your life who is a victim of domestic violence, but it is a lot more common than you think. Domestic violence can show up in many different ways, and it often begins as verbal abuse. In this week's episode, we have a Viva La Mami spotlight interview, and it is a privilege to have Leanne Torres, who is a personal development coach and podcast host of Watch Us Thrive, a personal development podcast where listeners can reconnect with their inner magic. As a survivor and advocate for domestic violence, she created her platform to be a safe space where people share their life experiences of turning pain into power and trauma into triumph. She recently launched her private one-on-one coaching program where she helps single women who've experienced toxic and or abusive relationships pick up the pieces, and come back stronger than ever. Leanne is passionate about helping listeners and clients heal from their own traumas by candidly sharing her own and the stories of others. Watch Us Thrive is a safe space that highlights tough and taboo conversations and is dedicated to being a resource for the voiceless. You can listen to her weekly episodes of the show, which are available on all major streaming platforms every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time. It was an honor to have Leanne in my conversation with her. And just to give you a little trigger warning here, this episode does talk about domestic abuse and a story about a domestic violence survivor. And so for those of you who haven't healed yet or who are in the process of healing, I just wanted to give this trigger warning But I do feel that this story is worth telling and just how much Leanne has overcome since that toxic relationship. I also want to let you know that if you need any help or if you don't know where to go to, there is a domestic violence hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. There is English and Spanish interpreters available at your service, so know that you are not alone. Now, here is my conversation on this VLM Spotlight episode with Leanne Torres. Hola, hola, Leanne. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm really excited to be here. I am so thrilled for you to be here as well. The fact that you are here, I am very honored because I felt the need to reach out to you as it relates to your story, how you have overcome a toxic relationship, and really how you are creating a platform 
for women, right, to, to heal and to really know their worth. And you just speak so many like honest conversations through your platform that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like interview this mujer because <laughs> you do so much. And I really Thank appreciate you. you being here. So before we delve in further into the conversation, I'd like to know a little bit more about yourself. So if you can tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited and honored to be here. Hi, everyone who's meeting me for the first time. My name is Leanne. I am a personal development coach and the creator and host of the Watch Us Thrive podcast. It's a personal development podcast that was birthed from probably the scariest thing that I've ever gone through. And I'm sure we're going to get into it as this conversation evolves. But my brand, my business, my podcast, my whole purpose in life is to talk about the shit that we've gone through, the real traumatic life experiences that we've gone through, and just to create a safe space for us to turn our pain into our purpose. And what I mean by that is I'm a domestic violence survivor and advocate that happened a little over two years ago where my life was almost taken from me by the hands of someone who I thought was my forever. And after doing a lot of healing, a lot of work, a lot of self-reflection, I decided to speak up and start sharing my story. And that's how my platform was born. It was really started off with me just talking about what I've been through. And it has now since turned into this beautiful place where people come on to share their own stories and life experiences of, you know, turning their trauma into their superpower. And I think for us, we all have some sort of story to tell, whatever it is that we've gone through in life. And I really just want to create this safe space where people can feel seen and most importantly heard. Because when we're going through whatever traumas that we're going through, we tend to feel alone. We feel isolated. We feel like we're the only ones going through it. And I didn't realize until I started speaking up and talking about what I went through that I wasn't alone. Isn't it powerful, the aspect of like storytelling, right? Like talking about yourself and how much of an impact you can bring and make to people and and making them feel like they are not alone. And, yeah. and I really love how, you know, you're utilizing this platform to just make courageous conversations and and there's just so much vulnerability among your guests and also yourself. You know, you you mentioned this a lot in your platform on social media and the fact that you are a mom too, right? And so when you're really thinking about that identity as a mom raising a child and, you know, with you overcoming not just this evolving identity as a mom, how do you also evolve as a person through your own mm. relationships, right? Yeah. And so can you tell our listeners about your story and what your intention is now as a community builder to help people thrive from their past experiences and overcoming abusive relationships? So I do want to put a trigger warning for anyone who's listening. I'm not going to get too deep into the details because I do have an episode on my podcast dedicated to that. Who anyone wants to hear it, it's episode 10. But yeah, I, like I said, I was in an abusive relationship with someone. It was during the pandemic, April of 2020 is when I met him. And at first it was, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It's always great in the beginning, right? And I thought after having 
a strew of just really fucked up relationships back to back. I didn't really heal from the pain that comes from the ending of a relationship. And I would just use other people to mask that pain. And I think a lot of us, especially as women, tend to do that. Men too. But, you know, I'm just going to speak for myself and my own experience. I had such a huge fear of being alone. I had really no relationship with myself. I didn't know who I was outside of having someone there with me. And I really truly think now being on the other side of that, that it was because of that lack I had within me is how I attracted this person. So it was great in the beginning and then it wasn't. The relationship evolved very, very quickly. I'll never forget. I met him April 28th, 2020. The very next day we had sex. Five days later, he told me he was falling in love with me. Two weeks after that, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And two weeks after that, he moved in. So that just gives like a little synopsis of what the relationship was like. It was really, really, you know, just super, super quick. And again, it was during the pandemic that we were locked down. We could only be around each other. And then being around each other 24-7, he couldn't really hold on to that mask that I think he wore in the beginning of the relationship and slowly like it just started to fade away and it started off with emotional abuse and verbal abuse and that's technically what happens a lot in these types of relationship it doesn't automatically go from like you're in love with this person one day and then the next day he hits you you know and I really want to put that out there because when people are survivors of domestic violence especially if you've not dealt with it you don't really think that an abusive relationship equates to emotional abuse a lot of people just think it's a black eye it's a broken rib it's a bloody nose something like that but there's a lot of like mental mind fucking that happens before it gets to that point so i want to say maybe it was towards the end of the relationship he had a drug problem that I did not know about. He was starting to abuse alcohol, which played a huge role in when the abuse started to get physical. And it got to the point that on the night of March 12th, 2021, my life was almost taken from me to the point that I had to physically escape out of my apartment or else I wouldn't be sitting here today sharing this story. And again, I go into full detail about what happened on my episode if you guys want to check it out. But it was in that moment, not exactly in that moment, but now looking back, I feel like my purpose was born mm. from the darkest moment of my life. And some people may hear that and be like, what the fuck is she talking about? How? When your life was almost taken from you. Mm. And for me, I feel like it was a rebirth of who Leanne was because the girl if you were to ask me this you know two years ago I would be a completely different person it would be completely different conversation mm -hmm. but I feel like through that trauma through that struggle through that life-changing experience I was reborn into this beautiful person that I am today and now looking back at what I went through no I'm not grateful of what I experienced but at the same time, I'm thankful to have gone through it and survived because I've learned so much about myself since then. I've really started to focus on who getting to know who Leanne is by herself on like a very deep and personal, intimate level and not having someone 
be there to distract me, which is what I did for so long, right? So I'm I'm grateful for it, you know? I'm grateful for what I went through. There was legal action that happened. He is currently in prison for what he did to me. But yeah, that's just a little bit about what I went through. And from that, again, I began my podcast, I want to say almost a year. I started it in January of 2022 after, you know, working with life coaches and therapy and all of that. And I felt like I survived this for a reason. I have like a, a duty, like there's a purpose in me that I can't keep this to myself. Mm. I have to talk about it. And when I started talking about it, especially online, not only people that I knew in my personal life, but strangers on the internet really resonated with my story. And that blew my mind because I didn't grow up in a home where there was violence. I didn't know anyone in, you know, my circle who was in these types of relationships. You know, I was very naive when it came to that. And then to have found myself in it, I was just like, oh my God, I'm probably the only one who's going through this. But I realized when I started talking about it, this shit happens so much more than we realize, but we don't talk about it. So that's a little bit about what I went through. Right. Thank you so much for sharing this because I think that even though it was a shitty experience that I'm sure you don't wish upon anyone, I don't wish upon anyone, like, I think it's very important, the power of storytelling and being vulnerable, talking about our lived experiences, because some other people can relate and it can empower them to then tell their stories. Yep. And and especially when it comes to our Latino community, right? Like we often don't talk about this. We nope. hear it through the grapevine, but the app was, you know, the mujer, you know, el, el hombre no le está tratando bien, or, you know, mm -hmm. like all of these things. But we really don't know what actually goes behind closed doors. Yep. And it takes like courageous people like you to talk about your experience. And I really appreciate you sharing that it's not just physical abuse. And that's something, mm -hmm. and it's always a constant reminder, you know, for victims of abuse that there are different levels, that there are mm -hmm. different types, which I'm glad that you mentioned. I don't know if Absolutely. you want to provide what those different types of abuse are, but that yeah. way our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Know. So for me, how it started off was there was a lot of lying. There was a lot of cheating. And I had someone on my podcast, actually, who was also a survivor of domestic violence. And she told me on the episode that cheating is abuse. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Cheating is a form of emotional abuse. And that's something that happened a lot. There was a lot of manipulation. There was a lot of gaslighting. There was love bombing which are, you know, a lot of like popular words nowadays that's very trendy. But in these types of relationships, it definitely does happen. Like, I remember when I would confront him, he would turn it around and like pin it on me. Like I was the problem to the point that I was like, oh my God, maybe, maybe I am making it up. There was emotional abuse. There was isolation. There was, I didn't tell anyone what was going on. That's another thing that a lot of us experience because I was very ashamed and I was very embarrassed. And again, like I said before, I didn't know anyone in my circle who dealt with that. I didn't see that growing up. And it wasn't until I almost died 
when I first spoke up and let someone know that this is what's going on and that's when the healing started Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah I thought it was the best relationship that I was ever in because he was so good at hiding Mm -hmm. a lot of his life like there was a lot of things that came to light afterwards that I didn't even know was him you know and it was it was so scary to think like I really didn't know this person again like I said in the beginning how it evolved very quickly and I don't think like looking back I don't think I was really in love with him I think I was infatuated with him I was obsessed with him I was just yearning to have someone in my life and I was just going to attach to anything that came my way and I ignored a lot of the red flags that I saw in the beginning but I chose to ignore my intuition Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that a lot of us as women we tend to do when we're in these types of relationships like you know better like you know when something doesn't feel right and what I have learned through this experience is to never ignore that gut feeling Mm -hmm. because there was moments during the relationship towards the end of it that there would be every single morning I would wake up nauseous and anxious and like something was off and this was before like it got physically abusive but like I just I was always constantly on edge like there was just always this like gnawing feeling of like something isn't right and that was my body telling me like sis this ain't it you know what I mean Ben I think for me I'm a very stubborn type of person um can be hard-headed well the old Leanne Leanne now has done a lot of growth and healing but Mm -hmm. you know I just chose to ignore it and I think we we need to take some sort of accountability in what we tolerate in these types of relationships you know like I said before Not that I'm glad that it happened or I was asking for it or I deserved it. Absolutely not. But I did play a part in the suffering that I was going through because I kept ignoring that intuition, that gut feeling. So I really want to drive that point home that like for my women, especially, we have that female intuition. We have that voice in the back of our head. We have that feeling in the pit of our stomach, you know, when your heart is fluttering, like if that is coming up, whether it's at work, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with that friend, that toxic fucking friendship that we tend to hold on to, like, I really want y'all to listen to that feeling and go deep and ask yourself, like, why is this coming up? Like, explore it, ask yourself these questions. And sometimes it takes for you to cut off that relationship or get that new job or whatever it is that you got to do. But that gut feeling, so, so important and something that I've really embraced on my healing journey. Thank you so much for that. And and to give perspective, right, that it is almost all interconnected with how we feel and we need to know these feelings and acknowledge them and i love that accountability piece that you mentioned like we almost have to hold ourselves responsible Mm -hmm. for what we're going through and how we can overcome those situations because no one else will right like all of us have that power and that privilege if you will to just like say it because we can articulate ourselves we can express ourselves we can say it to someone and someone's safe you know, and kind of thinking about that really 
and we we sort of mentioned this that the latinx culture there's already these cultural expectations that women often are very silent right we don't share much even if we're loud and obnoxious we still don't really express like our lived experiences or really share what we feel right and so when it comes to either experiencing or overcoming an abusive relationship why do you think that latinas for the most part don't reach out or you know they keep it to themselves until it becomes an escalating moment and unfortunately there's still some that still continue on right mm -hmm. um, and again it doesn't have to be physical it can be emotional you know mental abuse and so what would you say to that i think it's because I'm going to just speak for me and my own experience and, you know, of other people who have come on my podcast and I've asked that question too. Like a lot of the times it's because of how we were brought up, how we were raised, right? Especially in our community, especially in communities of color, mm -hmm. we are taught to be seen and not heard. We're taught to, you know, if you're at a family party and there's some drama that's going on at home, you're not going to speak on it you know, you got to put on that brave face and you got to pretend like shit is sweet, you know, and that's definitely something that happened in my childhood. You know, I was definitely the type who was scared to speak up and say something because I didn't want to get in trouble, especially like, you know, going to school and failing a test or something. Like I was just raised with that mentality of like, if you say something, you're going to get in trouble. And I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to get beat with the bell. I didn't want to, you know, all of these things. There's just this fear that's instilled in us. And that definitely carries into our adult relationships, right? So and, I, and another question that a lot of people ask is like, well, why did you stay? Like, why couldn't you just leave? And when it comes to these types of relationships, one, what we need to do is switch the narrative to not put the blame on the victim, but ask the perpetrator, why do you think this is okay? You know, like you're going to the wrong person. You're, you know, taking the blame off of him or her because women can be abusive too and putting it on the victim. You know, for me, before I even share for me, there's a statistic that I came across after doing like a whole bunch of research around domestic violence and the average number of times it takes for a victim or a survivor to leave an abusive relationship is seven. It can be more, it can be less than that, but the average number is seven times. For me, my number was three. There was three instances that it got physically abusive and every single time it got worse. So again, that fear. And my ex-boyfriend, like, he was a very scary person when he got mad. And when he was under the influence, it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, it was a complete, I didn't know who the fuck this person was. So, and when, I was going to say women, but when survivors, because again, it could be men and women, leave an abusive relationship, the most dangerous time is that time when they are out of the relationship because that's when the stalking happens that's when the abuse can really you know get to the next level if you have kids or if you're married that's a whole nother thing there's financial abuse too like there's it's so multi-layer and it's not just as simple as like we'll just get up and leave mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm thankful 
that I had such a great support system. Shout out to my sister, Janice. She booked my flight home that night. She was like, you're getting the fuck out of here and you're never coming back. If it wasn't for her, I don't know where the fuck I would be. My family, like they took me in. I, this is my family home. I've been here ever since. My f- close friends, like I had such a beautiful support system and a lot of people don't have that. So I think it's important for us when you're in these types of relationships to, you know, lean in on the people who are there, lean in on people who can support you, let someone know what's going on. I think it's so important for us to talk about what's going on, even if it's just one person, it doesn't need to be on this grand scale of like starting a podcast and talk about what you went through, right? Like, I think it's so important for us to just talk about what we're going through and not let, you know, the generational trauma that we've experienced continue to carry on in our adult lives. Like we have to be the ones to break the cycle and change the narrative. And, you know, you start that off by speaking up. When it comes to people who do or are experiencing feeling stuck in a toxic relationship, like what would your advice be? right now like what would you tell them i think you already know you already answered that own question if you got that feeling that like this thing right again it's back to that intuition like Mm -hmm. if you feel like this person is draining my energy like i'm just not happy like listen to that feeling because it's coming up for a reason and yes it's scary yes it's like oh my God, but I have to start over again. That's the mentality that I had, not in this relationship, because it was very short. We were only together for 10 months, but it felt like a fucking decade. Mm -hmm. But the relationship before that, I was in an on and off again, eight and a half year relationship. And it did get abusive at times, more so emotionally, but there were some instances of physical abuse. But I stayed because I was loyal to time. I stayed because my daughter had a relationship with this person and looked to him as her dad. I stayed because my family knew him. We had mutual friends. Like, we've been together for so long, so I don't want to start over. And I was loyal to this person who really didn't give a fuck about me, you know? And I was giving my all and wasn't getting that in return. So I think what you need to do is... One, acknowledge the feeling because it's coming up for a reason. And then two, start formulating some sort of plan to exit. It doesn't need to be this, you know, crazy thing like me escaping at two o'clock in the morning, half naked, going to my best friend's apartment. It doesn't need to be that. Like it could be little nuggets here and there, like open up a bank account and start putting, you know, some money to the side or tell a friend what's going on and be like, hey, I need you to help me create this plan like I think it's so important for us again I'm gonna just keep saying it like we need to speak up and we don't need to continue to suffer in silence because when we stay quiet you are continuing to let that person have power and control over you to the point that you know I mean we see it all the time there's so many cases where these victims succumb to the abuse and they're not able to leave You know, they leave this earth in such a horrible way because no one knew what was going on or it was too late, you know? And I mean, like the the justice system, that's a whole nother fucking conversation for another day. Luckily for me, like I said, I did get 
you know, legal action and there was some sort of justice, not as much as I wanted because there was a whole bunch of bullshit that happened in between. But, you know, lean on to those resources, the National Domestic Violence Hotline. There's so many like local shelters. There's just there's so much more out there than compared to what our parents had growing up. And I think it's really important for us to you know, take our power back. Like you are a person, you have a voice, you're here for a reason and you don't need to continue tolerating this bullshit. You know, like stop letting somebody's dusty ass son stress you out. Like, no, Mm -hmm. fuck that. Mm -hmm. Like you are a whole woman on your own. And this is really me talking to me. So I hope no one gets offended (laughs) by what I'm saying, but like, yo, you gotta, you gotta start loving on you, sis. Mm -hmm. You gotta start worrying about you. You gotta start putting yourself first and by any means necessary, you know? Yes, yes. I totally agree with you. And I think it serves as a reminder that even though at the time you feel like it's the end of the world, right? Mm -hmm. That there's not going to be enough fish in the sea or whatever. And that often happens like how you said, like with attachment, right? Like you want to live this perfect world the way that you perceive it from others, but you never know what happens behind closed doors. Mm. I've never experienced seeing my parents, you know, go through an abusive relationship or anything, but you never know, right? Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes happens with different levels of influence, like social Mm. media, right? Like you see these like perfect picturesque, you know, like images of like couples. And again, like how you say, like it it all falls back to speaking your truth and Mm. putting it all out there. Another thing that we, especially as women, need to stop focusing on is potential. Mm. And that's something that in my last relationship, like, I was like, oh, if I love him a little bit more, if I do this and, you know, do, do, do for him and just focus on who he could be and was ignoring the person who was right in front of me, the relationship would have ended way long ago. And I think for me deliberately not dating like I've been single I have not been dating I've been celibate since March 20 no since March 12 2021 so your girl is out here like not distracted at all right really focusing on the really the relationship that I have with myself and I think that's important for us to do too like to take that time in between Mm -hmm. that I didn't do before again I like just hopped from one person to another to another to mask that pain that I didn't want to feel but it took for me to almost lose my life for me to really wake the fuck up and then realize and look like damn there was a lot of shit about him that I just ignored or I thought I could fix him or I could change him no Mm -hmm. sis the Mm -hmm. only person that you can change at the end of the day is yourself Mm -hmm. that's it period point blank what's that saying like you could bring the horse to the water but you can't make it drink Like, that's it. Like, just focus on you and stop like, oh, you know, he could be this great person. No, sis, you got to take him for what he is and believe him or her, because again, women can be toxic too. I was definitely toxic. Believe them the first time. And when they say that they're going to change and, oh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to hit you again. 
It's bullshit. They're going to do it again, and it's going to get worse. I can guarantee you that. Right. You can't fix their issues and problems. You know, you can't. So on your podcast, Watch Us Thrive, it covers a variety of topics that are often like taboo. And you want to normalize it a little bit more and really having raw, honest conversations. And so how can we as a community as Latinos start to normalize various taboo topics like domestic violence? How can we empower each other through storytelling? By speaking up, by doing what we're doing right now, I really think that we in this generation, we are starting to we are starting to shift the narrative around mm-hmm. keeping shit quiet and when I started talking about what I went through, like I said before, the feedback that I was getting was like, it blew my mind. There was people like overseas, like Australia, you, the United Kingdom, like Africa, like people were reaching out to me in my DMs and be like, oh my God, me too. And I was like, are you serious? Because when I was in this relationship, I felt so alone. I felt like no one could understand me. And it wasn't until I decided I'm not going to continue to suffer in silence. I'm going to speak up. I mean, and look, that's how me and you are sitting here right now having this conversation, right? So I think, like you said, there's such power in storytelling. There's such power and healing in community. I did not realize how beneficial it was going to be for me to get out there and meet people who understood what I was trying to you know portray understood what I was going through like y'all your people your tribe are out there and you know I'm not for everyone and I don't want to be you know but I really feel like with my transparency with my storytelling with the people that I bring on my podcast like I'm finding the right people and it's not only healing for them, it is so healing for me. And I think we got to just continue normalizing this shit. It's not normal to be suffering in silence. It's not normal to be in an abusive relationship. It's not normal to get cheated on. It's not normal to, you know, hate your job every fucking day and get bullied at work. Like this shit is not normal, you know? And if we continue to not talk about it, we're just going to continue this perpetual cycle of fucking abuse. Mm. No. Fuck that. Absolutely not. I'm done keeping quiet. I'm done walking on eggshells. I'm done trying to make other people feel comfortable because for whatever fucking reason, like, no, absolutely not. I know who the fuck I am and I'm taking my power back and I'm taking that power and control away from him and bringing it back into me. Yes. Oh, I'm like clapping here. I don't know if you can hear it, but yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. And oh my gosh, you're so empowering. And um, yeah, I love it. You said that you have a daughter. How old is she? She's going to be 14 in 14. July. Yes, it's a very challenging age. <laughs> yes. When I first listened to your podcast, I think she was like going through not puberty, but you were having like the talk with her. Um, mm-hmm. I think you had one of your guests who I interviewed too, Sex and Spinglish. Oh, I love her. Shout out to yes, Anna. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was interesting just come kind of you sharing that perspective, right, of, mm-hmm. of raising a teenager or a preteen at that time. So you are a mom of a teenage woman, right? Yes. And so how, as moms, right, how can we set a good example to our children mm. to ensure we are healed from mm. our past traumas? 
Oh, that is a good question. I am not the perfect parent. Nobody is. And I'm very, very grateful that my daughter was not around when the abuse was happening. I was living in Florida and she was back here in New Jersey because she was still going to school out here. But she did experience a lot of trauma when I came back because she thought I was not going to be here. Like she told me, mom, I was scared that you were going to die. And we had so many really raw and intimate conversations around what I experienced around her feelings we they we've done a lot of healing in our relationship when I came back home and I think it's important again I'm only going to speak for me but my transparency is what's empowering her to build that confidence within herself like I tell her everything there's nothing that she does not know there's nothing that we do not talk about and that is the complete opposite of what I had growing up I never had the sex talk with my parents I never had any like really intimate conversations with my parents growing up later on now in my 30s yeah we have but I knew for me I did not want to repeat that cycle because again, like I said before, I had a lot of fear as a kid. I had a lot of like, I don't want to speak up because I don't want to get in trouble. And I'm trying to teach my daughter by sharing what I've been through and hopefully she can learn from my mistakes, but I can't also like shelter her because then she's going to rebel, which is what I did. I was very sheltered growing up and I rebelled. That's how I ended up getting pregnant at a young age. But you know, I'm I'm just really, really, really passionate about having a very open dialogue with her. And I think that's really important for us, especially as a single mom. Like, I'm a single mom. Her father is not in her life. He walked out when she was two years old. So it's really just been me and her and my parents and my sister until she moved out. But, you know, I just think it's really important for us to normalize, again, having these conversations, having this open dialogue. My daughter tells me all the time, like, mom, you are my best friend. Like, I, I feel safe with you. I feel like I can tell you any and everything. She, yo, she tells me everything. And I love it so much because, like I said, I didn't have that growing up. And I just want her to be able to feel empowered within herself and just to look at me with everything that I've gone through and who I'm turning into and be proud you know mm -hmm. so oh man yeah yeah that's awesome beautiful thing it's a beautiful yeah. thing but it hasn't been easy it hasn't been easy and she was in therapy I was in therapy I definitely recommend mm -hmm. professional help especially when it comes to dealing with trauma and abuse like that was definitely a huge thing for me and her but you know, just this open dialogue, it's so important. It's so important. We don't need to continue keeping shit quiet or like, you know, what happens at home stays at home. No, fuck that. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk right. about it. We're going to rip that bandaid off. Right. And you are already bringing awareness too. Yeah. If she ever were to be in a relationship where, you know, she can feel empowered to end it. She mm -hmm. doesn't have to continue on being in a relationship just yeah. because she's trying to put a Band-Aid on something that, you know, perhaps is missing. She told and me that the other day. She was like, you know, mom, like last year she was having like a whole bunch of these boy crushes because, you know, she's 14. You know, you're 
your hormones are raging and like exactly right and then she was like you know what mom like right now I just want to focus on me like I don't want to have a boyfriend I don't want to have I don't want to talk to anyone like I just want to hang out with my friends I want to hang out with you and just enjoy my life and I'm like yeah yes like yes queen you know and I just think that's so beautiful for a 13 year old to have that mentality because I didn't think that way growing up I started dating when I was 14 I know. I remember I was so desperate to have a boyfriend when I was 11. Oh, my like, God. Why? Right. Like, why? Like, why? Got my they are stressful, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's a good thing that you are – you're a model. Like, you're modeling the way for her. And yeah. that is great. And keeping an open Thank relationship. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of motherhood, I often ask my guests some motherhood questions. And so the first question is, what still surprises you about being a mommy? That I am one. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, I swear to you, there's some times where I'm just laying in bed and I'm like, yo, I'm really a mom. Like, that's crazy to me because I was always the type of girl, like, in high school, I remember saying to my friends, I'm never having a kid. I fucking hate kids. Like, that ain't me. I'm going to be single and live my best life. And then I got pregnant at 19. So, you know, I just think it's crazy to me that I'm definitely a mom, but I would not change it for the world because I changed so much becoming a mother. You know, and like I said before, I'm not perfect. I'm highly flawed. There's a lot of things about me that I still need to work on. But, you know, becoming a a mother completely changed my life in a way that I don't think I was really prepared for. But I'm really, really grateful for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) What is one tip of advice you have for Latina mommy specifically? Mm. Talk to your kids, man. Mm-hmm. Have that open dialogue. Like, I'm telling you, the fact that me and my daughter are able to have, like, like that's my sis. Like, for real. Like, that is my homie. That is my broke best friend who, like, I do everything with. She she went to Canada with my sister a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it was a short trip. But, like, the second day that she wasn't here, I was like, yo, I'm bored. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, she's not here. And she was like, mom, go out, go to lunch, go on a date. I'm like, well, you're not here. You know what I mean? And I just, I think it's so beautiful that we have that relationship. But I think it's just important for us to just, just talk, just, you know, be open, be raw, be vulnerable, cry together, laugh together, apologize after you fight. Like, I just think it's important for us to shift the narrative of what we had growing up mm-hmm. yeah like our moms often mask themselves too they were these super moms and they can yeah. do it all they can cook you know bathe us like all of these things and mm-hmm. i would never hear my mom complain and mm. now you know as a new mom myself like i have a two-year-old and i'm currently pregnant like mm-hmm. i remember the first year i was like oh i need to be at this level of perfection yeah, it's like no, nah, like no, nah. it's that's okay how you burn out real quick. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. It's so important for us to be vulnerable. The other day, I had like, I was so burnt out because I was just doing a lot. My daughter walks in, and I just like bursted out crying, and I wasn't ashamed of that. I wasn't like, oh my god, no, she can't see me like this. Like, no, like we don't have to put on this 
you know, superwoman and feel like we got to do all these things. And then we lose ourselves in the process as moms, as wives, as, you know, relationships at work, like we're just doing, 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 and we forget who the fuck we are. Like, it's okay to, you know, put down the mask. Like it's okay to lay down and take a nap in the middle of the day, you know, and not feel guilty about that. So vulnerability can be your superpower as scary as it is. Yes. Final question for you. What is your meaning of madrehood? I think community. That's the first word that popped up in my head. Like just being around people who understand you, people who get you, people who who understood the assignment. Like for me, motherhood isn't just like a relationship with your daughter. It's just like the relationship with the people that you love. Mm. You know, it's just like I'm so grateful for the people that I've been able to connect with after going through something so dark and I just think that we just need to love each other a little more and just find our people because like I said before they are out there for you y'all you gotta just search for them so yeah. oh, that's a that's the first thing that came to my mind like yeah. my people my homies yeah, the community. yeah because it <laughs> yes. makes you a better person and ultimately Absolutely. a better mom you know yeah and, well Leanne where can people follow you Yes, absolutely. So I'm primarily on Instagram. That is my home base. I'm always going live every Monday. I'm always on the stories. So follow me at Watch Us Thrive. I'm also on YouTube where you can watch season two of my episodes under the same handle, Watch Us Thrive. I'm on TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn, but primarily I'm on Instagram and you can check out my website, wutpodcast.com. I have a blog section. I have my podcast section. I have my coaching section where if you are interested in working one-on-one with me for three months, uh, like I said, I'm a personal development coach and I am taking on clients. So book a free discovery call. There's no commitment. You can just book a 45-minute call. We talk about your pain points and create an action plan together. And most importantly, my podcast. Please, y'all, check it out. Vibes on top of vibes. (laughs) Love your podcast. Thank you. Love it. Yes. Yes. So you can listen anywhere, Apple, Spotify, Google. If you listen on Apple, please leave a rating and review. That helps us podcasters grow. And yeah, every Tuesday, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. So check your girl out. Yes. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'll make sure to share this in the show notes, especially episode 10 of your podcast, which you will delve a little bit deeper on your past experience. But thank you so much for your vulnerability, you sharing your story, and just like hopefully someone can take this as a sign to move forward, to leave that shitty relationship that they do not deserve. It is okay. And they are not alone. So Mm. thank you. Thank you. Preach. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit VivaLaMami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.